Hey, you pancake-eating so-and-sos, it's Ben here from the future, or at least from the future of when this episode was originally recorded. This is a re-release for Draft Day in honor of the actual Draft Day. Uh, it's coming between two different theme months. We just finished up Watch the Skies on Alien Invasions. I encourage you to go back and listen to those. Next week, we'll start Music Month in May. Uh, and I believe our first episode will be Walk Hard. I wasn't sure in the last episode, but I am more sure now. Um, but in between, let's do Draft Day again. Why not? And by again, I mean it's literally the episode we aired last year. But, you know, I've already heard from some people that they want to hear it again. And if you're like me, let's just put this at the top of the feed, right? So here it is at the top of the feed, at least for a few days. Um, so get your friends. Get, get your star wide receiver, Andre Bello. Get David goddamn Putney just because you feel like it. And, you know, do what's best for the team. Enjoy the episode. Touchdown. <laughs> Field goal. <laughs> so oh, it's so close to a spin <laughs> take on that. <laughs> I tried. I tried, tried, tried. So we're either, uh, as you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast yet. So it's either going to be Sam just spilling water everywhere. <laughs> Or something like, welcome to Late to the Movies, my name is Ben Holt, and this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Every week we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before, and really should have by now. Parentheses question mark? <laughs> uh, this week we're talking about um, the 2014 classic, Draft Day. <laughs> Ivan Reitman's last film. <laughs> yep. Uh, with me today to talk about all the ins and outs, the backroom dealing, the the balls of steel, or whatever Frank Langella says Kevin Gosner has at the end. <laughs> Left to right across your podcast dial, it's... I've only ever called you Vaz. Is that, <laughs> is that okay? Yeah, everyone does. Okay, Vaz. Hello. Uh, Sam. Hi. And Bree. Hello. Uh, and this is a, a, a warm welcome to Vaz. This is his first time on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for being here on this special, special day. <laughs> I got uh, On this draft, draft day. day. <laughs> yeah. So um, this is a movie that I have seen a few times. Sam has seen a lot. Too many. <laughs> probably legitimately was, probably like 10. Was it new for both of you? It was new for me. It was also new for me. Okay, cool. So that's so that's it's good to set expectations up top. <laughs> um before we talk about draft day, we're going to talk a little bit about other stuff. <laughs> and maybe that'll be a full half of the episode. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um what have any of you guys seen recently? Oh, well, I mean, I barely watch any movies, <laughs> Do I want to talk about the French film that I watched this morning? <laughs> this morning? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I just watched Three Colors, a blue. <laughs> How'd that go? <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Came out in 1993. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I'm sure no Which, one uh, <laughs> It's a part of a trilogy. <laughs> There's white and red. Okay. Okay, it's about it's America. A, it's <laughs> oh, shucks. That was my next guess. But if we want to talk about, like, you know, <laughs> depression and grief, we can talk about three colors blue. Okay, all right. We can talk, we're going to be talking about that draft day anyway. So. I mean, Kevin Costner is going through grief in that. Yeah. That's okay. If we want, I can actually talk about something recent that I watched. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, Ambulance. go for it. What? Ambulance. Ambulance. I, oh, did you? How oh, was that? 
It was good. <laughs> I I refuse to believe that. I haven't had time to go see it, but I I really want to. I'm seeing Northman tonight, so I'm seeing uh, that on Monday. Yeah, and I still need to see um, the new Nick Cage movie. Uh, unbearable weight, weight of massive of talent. talent. Yeah, unbearable weight did, of massive talent. I actually did want to see that. Uh, I want to see Petite Mama. <laughs> Me too. It's not playing around here. No, it should be playing maybe in like a few weeks in the Boston Common. Yeah, I I think yeah it is. But I'm in around here, like. Oh no, around here. No. I don't want to go to. I don't <laughs> want to drive to Boston. I love Siliciama though, so I'm excited to see that. Same. Yeah, um, uh, we all loved uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So yes, all of us, this everyone, this, all of us watched. And yep. loved that. Uh, this course. is her follow up, but I'm, I'm There's really excited. So many for portraits, it. ladies, <laughs> and a little fire. Do love ladies. There's a little fire. <laughs> So do the ladies in that film. They also love ladies. Yes. Uh, good movie. What we watched, uh, we've been watching, was it Close Enough? Oh, yeah. The new season of Close Enough came out on HBO. It is the regular show creator, J.G. Quintel's uh, midlife crisis show. Okay. <laughs> Where he plays basically himself being uh, the mother of a small, or mother, father. father of a small daughter with a, with his wife. In like, who's uh, a mother? Who's a mother? And, and like three or four roommates, because that's the millennial experience. Yep, there's mm. Jason Manzukis playing Jason Manzukis. Um, <laughs> essentially, there's Great. stretch for Jeffrey Caratoridis. Yeah, <laughs> Jeffrey Caratoridis. Um, there's uh, oh, who's that? It's um, Kimiko Glenn. Yes, that's her name. Yeah. Um, who's uh, Brooke from Orange Is the New Black? Uh, yeah, and it's it's funny. It's the regular. It's the same regular show thing where everything starts out normal and some crazy thing happens and threatens to destroy the universe every episode <laughs> it's a little more toned down than regular show but like in a realistic way where it's like they exaggerated a little bit yeah. to like demonstrate mm. like the millennial like existential crisis yeah. but it's really it's really fun it's really funny it's very cute um uh, it's definitely worth watching like the episodes are like 10 minutes long and it's two episodes per like 28 minute block yeah. definitely uh worth going through yeah, like season one had a bit where like there was like this party where like Zoomers were trying to kill all people that weren't Zoomers, and like they were about to kill JG Quintel and Jason Manzukis's character. Yelled, "I have a blockbuster video rewards card!" <laughs> like to basically like zombie horde them away from <laughs> stuff like that. It's it's good. Uh, Brie, you watched the house. Do you want to touch talk about the house? So I forgot that I watched the house. I literally <laughs> okay. from all right. from. The, the recording of this, I watched it two days ago. I brought it up this morning to me, to like, um, I brought up like the whole like, what have we watched thing? And Sam was like, you watched the house. And I'm like, I did <laughs> two days ago. So, so what is the house? <laughs> so the house is a 2017, I believe it was a comedy uh, with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler playing parents of a, um, their daughter that's trying to go to college. Um, and they find out that the scholarship she was supposed to get, uh, she is no longer getting. So they set up with Jason Manzoukas. Um, he's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's everywhere in everything that we watch. Um, who is a gambling addict. All three of them set up an illegal casino in his house. And it's just the antics of that. Um, Jeremy Renner's in there as like a mob boss and he's relevant like only like an hour into the movie like an hour into the movie and then he the, he just gets murked like he gets mm. set on fire his arm gets cut off like a real allegory for his career <laughs> yeah seriously um, Nick Kroll's the bad guy and it's hilarious because at first I thought they were straight manning Nick Kroll and then they made him into a giant douchebag 
like um, all Nick Kroll characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was I was very convinced they were trying to straight man him because that's what it seemed like at the very beginning. Um, I forgot who's the guy that plays the cop, but he turns out to Rob be real Hubel. good. <laughs> um, oh, okay, all these people that were just hanging out already. Yeah, yeah these were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they filmed it over a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I remember that coming out. I've definitely never seen it though. Good. Um. So it. If you don't remember watching it two days ago. <laughs> so it's it's one of those comedies that it's like in that era of just a bunch of comedies coming out. I would say it's fine for like the watch, but it's not a rewatchable comedy in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, you, you should have watched Casa de Mi Padre, which is my original. <laughs> I pitch. am definitely going to watch that before the next podcast and talk about it because the plot is phenomenal. They're all speaking Spanish and none of them actually speak Spanish, and it's hilarious oh, to me. <laughs> well, at least Will Ferrell. <laughs> oh, only him? I thought it was the whole. No, movie. The, a lot of the cast is Spanish speaking at least. Oh, okay, okay. But there is a bit. I show. I only showed her a bit where Nick Offerman was taught was trying to communicate gotcha, with Will Ferrell, okay. speaking very Ron Swanson like tonal Spanish. So just like helicoptero, like <laughs> very American accent. So uh, one one thing we didn't mention um, while we're all talking about the different like genre of film we're watching, we're all wearing t-shirts. It's like seventy degrees outside, and as he's talking about his French films, Vaz is wearing a scarf. Yes, <laughs> Vaz is I a like scarf wearing guy. scarf. I'm into scarves now. I like it. Summer scarves. Yeah. It's perfect. It's spring. Yeah. All right, well. do. Foz, do you want to go over just like for the audience, like how many Oscar films in your life you've Oh, uh, oh yeah, you're a movie person. Like, uh, definitely talk just about that. To set the tone of the yeah, absolute, yeah, we should, yeah. The absolute uh, bullcrap we're about have, to put you through. There's 571 or 77 movies that have been nominated for Best Picture. I've seen, I, I forget how many I've seen. There's 196 I haven't seen. I could do that math in my head, but yeah, I'm do it. But I won't. <laughs> I watch a movie pretty much every day. Uh, I've already seen over 100 movies this year. Uh, I watch a lot. And we made you watch like 2022 20, movies, or just movies that just you've watched movies in 2020. In 2022, uh, okay. Not yeah. not from 2022. I don't think that's possible. Yeah, right? it's like I don't know. You're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Just like. <laughs> Does this YouTube video count? <laughs> yeah, um, we pulled you out of a hole to watch Draft Day. And uh, yeah. how much do you love football? Oh, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, <laughs> like enough where I know the sport. Yeah, so that's that's a good way to set it up. Oh, and I I haven't watched anything. I recorded <laughs> I recorded an episode last night that's actually going to come out after this one. So anything I've been watching, I covered on that one. So you'll have to wait till next week to see what I've been watching. <laughs> one thing I didn't mention is I just rewatched all of season one of the Action Button Reviews. Those are just on YouTube. That's uh, Tim Rogers doing long-form video reviews of video games. And uh, they're all awesome. They're all extremely good if you want to jump in. I mean, I think there's only six, maybe five or six episodes. He starts with the Final Fantasy VII remake, ends with Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, the last one... Has like a choose your own adventure sort of format. It's awesome. Nice. Um, in the middle, he, he covers this just as like a jumping in point. He covers a game called Tokimeki Memorial, um, which I have never played and never will because it never got um, localized. It never got localized into English. But it's a game I'd never heard of until I watched that review, and it is uh, yeah, it's like one of my favorite reviews of anything ever. It's it's only I think five or six hours long, so. Um, <laughs> So, uh, yeah, worth checking out. Those are all just on YouTube. You can just watch them. So those are, uh, yeah, if you're looking for a series of mini series length reviews of video games, 
I mean, I watched, I watched John Boy's videos on YouTube, which are like 11 hour documentaries on uh, like the Atlanta Falcons. So yeah, I there think you go. <laughs> I could there do a go. five hour video game review pretty easily. <sighs> but yeah, we were doing a, a smooth transition into talking about draft day. So let's continue. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, that was my fault. I was like, wait, I didn't say what I'm watching. <laughs> um, so uh, Vaz, I think you've only listened to one episode, but yeah. Uh, you may have picked up that someone who hasn't watched the movie before does a one-minute plot summary. Oh, so I have to do that. That's yeah. That's <laughs> right. Right. Sam right. insisted that no one tell you anything. Right. Is there, is there a, a, a clock? Is someone like? Yep, I'm watching start the, the clock. clock. All right, start the clock. Uh, <laughs> Starting. All right, Kevin Costner. Uh, his father died, and he has to do a draft day. <laughs> Also, uh, Kevin, uh, uh, Jennifer Garner is his girlfriend, and she's pregnant. Uh, um, what else? He's on the phone a lot. He's talking to Frank Langella, disgraced actor Frank Langella. Um, Not disgraced when we planned this episode. <laughs> no, no, he's recently disgraced. Um, and he's got to do a draft, and he's like, Vontae Mack, Vontae Mack, Vontae Mack, and then eventually he gets Vontae Mack. Um, what else? Um... Uh, someone's laptop About gets destroyed. Seconds. Oh, I have plenty of time. <laughs> um, they go to a water park. They they go oh, to New we York. We just went back to the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> that was important. Um, let's see. Uh, Ellen Boynstein shows up. That's uh, Kevin Costner's mom. Ten seconds. Oh, shit. Um, uh, he does it the way he wants. <laughs> Electric. That actually, yeah. No, yeah, that's something. All right. Yep. Technically, you came in under a minute. Yeah, so you got the water park in there. Um, <laughs> Thank God. It's weird because, like, I'm not like the biggest football guy. I'm not like a huge NFL brand head, but I do watch most of the drafts, and I don't remember any of this happening. <laughs> I definitely watched the 2014 draft, and this was not uh, what I recalled. No. I would have remembered this. <laughs> It seemed big news because, like, Bo Callahan was, like, the prime guy to yeah. be number one in the draft. And I guess he's already out of the league, so I guess Sonny was right that he was going to be a bust. I heard about Monte Mag recently. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I I, hold on. Yep. Just let, really quick. I need to put this out there. Uh, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. I'm very sorry that your limited time on this earth, <laughs> you had to film this movie. This is either all the of your talent. first or second, either this or 42 is the first Chadwick Boseman movie I saw. But uh, it is weird that um, white people just get to use normal voices in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no one else. Oh, my God. I I think that was one of Besides the first Besides Terry Crews, who's using a normal voice, and yeah. uh, how his, about his son, son is not. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. like, where did his son grow up? Because um, it's not what his dad sounds like. Yeah. We got, we should, so one thing I want to try doing is at the top, in case someone's like, oh, I love this movie. Everyone's going to make fun of it. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 perfectly watchable. Yeah. You know, I, I, do, I don't hate it as much as maybe Brie did. <laughs> but I also I also don't think it's great. And I do want to foreground uh, the fact that Sam yeah. really, really wanted yeah. to do this yeah. movie. So when, uh, off the top, when Ben was like, oh, here's like the point of my podcast is to watch, uh, let's like uh, basically watch a movie that you should have and then talk about it. No one has to see this movie. <laughs> uh, I just... This movie, I, I've basically just campaigned for this movie to be in this podcast because it's ridiculous. If you have any knowledge of football whatsoever, it's it doesn't make any sense because this is not how a draft would go, and it's like insane the trades and the moves they make. And if you haven't or if you have no interest in football, it's just 
it's just a lot of people yelling at each other and Jennifer uh, Garner's character being the worst. And like, <laughs> I think it actually... Like, well, I think it's important that she apologizes to Sonny for being pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad they worked that into the movie. I, strong uh, female character. Yeah, no, she might as well have just been yelling, I'm a strong female character written by men in every single scene she was in. <laughs> I'm a Cleveland girl and I am football. <laughs> oh, she God, I hated football. that line so much. No, she is football. Oh, I forgot yeah, she, she is. She, she starts saying, I love football. And then by the end of the sentence, she says, I'm a Cleveland girl and I am football. <laughs> um, I also really quick, I do want to mention, I don't hate the movie. So I at first I was like, I'm not going to like this because I know nothing about football. But I realized very quickly it's such a deep cut kind of football that it's like I don't feel right saying I don't like it because I just didn't understand a lot of it. It's like a lot of it was football terms I didn't know. I don't know how. I don't, yeah, I don't know like regular like draft day stuff. So it's like, I I can't judge it on things I don't know as like a baseline. So like Sam explained a lot of the things and like why some of the things were dumb and like how some of the things were accurate. But because I have like no actual knowledge of football, I feel like I can't judge this movie that harshly. I'll make fun of it for like the yeah, dumb things they say. I don't say, know if the but... people who wrote it are know any more about football than you do. Um, <laughs> I one of the things that came to mind whilst watching this, and this is a joke that will only land for a few people, but I'm among them, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> um, it's it, it's as if Moneyball instead of 2011 Aaron Sorkin was written by 2022 Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's big dumb. Yeah, <laughs> so. it's Sam definitely brought up Moneyball as like a comparison in a way that it's like it's Moneyball is a baseball movie, but like it's probably more for baseball fans. So one one of the itches that this scratches in my brain is the thing about um, people who talk about and the NFL, which I will refuse to refer to as its full name as protest. Um, <laughs> Anyone who talks about football on TV always says the National Football League. They always say the full titles of things. And it's so weird to me that everyone is just like such a company man and carrying the water. And obviously Roger Goodell appears in this film and actual, you know, they actually filmed like on location in Cleveland and stuff. So um, you get the idea that they weren't going to be allowed to do those things unless they show such bizarre reverence for full titles of every football team that they talk about. Yep. Like no one just says like the Jaguars. They say the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> the Jags. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't show all the drunk people just yelling Duvall. Like it's uh, uh, Roger Goodell gets cheered walking to the stage. Yep. I don't yep. know if anyone has ever watched an NFL draft. That man That's gets booed harder than anyone's ever been booed in their life. <laughs> so, so yes, it's all just like company men carrying the water for yep. the NFL. Is it's just like the kind of weird brand reverence that I feel like is all over this movie. Yes. And lots of lots of uh advertisement like uh Pepsi uh, products. Yeah. And not of- even NFL stuff. When Franklin when Sonny's like Oh, you're going to the draft to Frank Langella. He goes, no, I'm going to New York to watch Spider-Man turn off the dark. <laughs> <laughs> like, you would just say the Spider-Man show on Broadway. You wouldn't say, I'm going to see Julie Taymor's <laughs> Spider-Man turn off the dark, starring Reeve Carney. Like, the, they were also so weird. They also kept saying Radio City Music Hall. That's, that's, where yeah. the, that's where the draft is. Radio yeah, City Music Hall. Is. Have you heard about this? Radio City Music <laughs> It starts and then like the biggest thing that's like, oh, I remember this is just like ESPN hagiography. 
is one of the opening monologues is from Chris Berman. So it's like, yeah. oh, right, yeah. This yeah. is, uh, you know, <laughs> um, this is what it is. Yeah, they, I mean, they take a shot at Papa John's pizza and then it cuts to somebody saying good pizza. Like oh, my God. Like yeah, because Papa John's, I think, was it was like the official like yeah. pizza place yeah. in the Manning. NFL. Same he's, with, yeah, yeah, he's the first guy to congratulate Peyton Manning when the Broncos <laughs> won the Super Bowl. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh. Just to we we can be more structured than this, but there's just like a lot of yeah. stuff. I there's to get so off my like head. I can't even break down the three dumbest things about this movie. I can. Number yeah. one. Okay. Let's do is it. the dumb uh like the owner of the um of the Browns that the dumb pun he makes about having to make a splash where it needed to be filmed at the water park yeah. Yeah. is the, the, the dumbest gag. How to get to the water park? <laughs> like he they ha- there's you no reason splash, to honey. film yeah. that at the water park, but they wanted to make that joke. People so want to get wet, Sonny. <laughs> just kept making those jokes, and I thought it was the dumbest part of this movie. Yeah. I was surprised that this was a comedy. Yeah, like, yeah. It's so weird. I mean, and what I mean, I'm surprised by after I watched the movie, I saw an IMDb, they listed it as a comedy. Yeah. And they, is that real? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's hilarious. It's comedic because uh, Griffin Newman from Blank Check, <laughs> off, off reference on this podcast, is uh, in there doing actually good bits Fire! Fire! <laughs> but you know um i did not know no, this was no one else comedy. no one else is comedy. people are just constantly telling him to like fuck off the yeah, whole movie. like like so like, wow you really can't like this is 2014 you like, really can't talk to interns like that. so 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 many character actors got sucked into this movie like it's Mul- you, multiple uh actors from veep are in it yeah yes. yep uh, and Be- uh, the guy who plays Ben Caffey, Kevin Dunn, I think is his name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, doesn't even get a joke. He's just in it to no, walk to he's... walk Frank Langella around and say no funny things the entire yep. time. A waste. Perhaps like a top three character in Veep. Like that yeah, dude was a like, line machine. You have you're like oh let's bring in him and uh, I forget his name the guy who plays Jonah. That's uh, Tim something. But that yeah. Oh, that was a real waste of a hire. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Those two guys in there. Who, that guy is like, one of the funniest. Has plays one of the funniest characters in TV history, and yeah. he doesn't say anything funny. No. Uh, Timothy Simon. I want to say that sounds right. Um. Yeah, Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. Uh, does Chadwick Boseman does a great job? He does at what he has to do. And for Chadwick Boseman, <laughs> yeah. I feel like he did this over like a weekend because yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's on the phone with anyone. He's also he's not a... with anyone yes. in yeah. person else in the movie <laughs> besides right oh, at the end true, when yeah. they're filming the stadium stuff. Yes, yeah, that is which only requires afternoon. three actors of actual <laughs> yeah. news. The only person that they can get full time is Kevin Costner. Everyone else had to be on the phone. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do like. The, I will say for real quickly, I do like the phone transitions. I like it's. They're really kind of. They're kitschy, um, but like, you know, when he's on the phone and people are walking through the transition or like somebody walks to the forefront and walks in front of the like the basically like the border between the two scenes. Like, I think that's kind of like a nice like. Uh, yeah, I feel like the editors effect. had fun. Yeah, exactly. The writers are the time. real failure. <laughs> well, so so one thing I do think it does well is the editing and the constant countdown that's happening leading mm. up to the draft starting, I think is actually pretty good. And it does, it, it's very zippy because it's, it, I think it actually does play shorter than it is because it's almost an hour, 50 minutes long. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it does go by real quick. It's like I said, it's extremely watchable. I watched it with ads too. Oh, yeah. geez, boss. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, as, as in the last time I watched this movie, 
You can just start playing it online. You don't have to pay anyone <laughs> yeah. to do so. I, I I bought it on Amazon Prime knowing that I was probably going to watch it like once a year around this time. <laughs> there you go. So I made um, an investment. One thing, I couldn't find the quote at the time. I didn't want to get it wrong because it's too good. But yeah. the whole people saying the full names of things, even when like it makes no sense for these characters to be doing this. Mm. And just like uh, they couldn't think of a better way to dump this exposition for a character that isn't even in the movie. But when the trainer is talking about Brian Drew, and is that Tom Welling? Yeah. Okay, Tom Welling from Smallville um, is Brian Drew. He's in a couple scenes. He's like the quarterback or whatever. And the trainer's talking to Sonny, Kevin Costner, about how good Brian Drew looks because they think Sonny's going to draft a quarterback, but no, you don't have to. Brian Drew looks better than he's ever been. He's going to be great this season. And he says... Your star wide receiver Andre Bello is telling me about the secret <laughs> workouts. It's like, well, you he could just say Andre. Yeah. He wouldn't have to say your star wide receiver Andre Bello has been telling. Why even would see two Andre people? Bellos, oh no, we, we do. Andre Bello is there for a brief scene where when Brian Drew finds out post trash office, the strength and conditioning coach is talking to him, and Andre Bello is on the other side being like, "Come on, man, it's okay." But oh, he's okay. never. Talked oh yeah. About it. Oh. He's never mentioned. Is he a real oh, person? So funny. No. Oh. That's. The but other like, thing, they like, clearly had like a cut scene for him. <laughs> but it's it's just the absolute epitome of not trusting your audience, which is a thing that Aaron Sorkin does. Uh, today. Real- um, <laughs> of just being like, if he just says like, "Oh yeah, Andre's been telling me about the secret workouts," he's they don't trust you to be like, "Oh, that's someone working out with yeah. Brian Trout." Yeah. <laughs> they just be like. And then they wrote like, oh, yeah, your wide receiver. That's not enough. They need more. Your star wide receiver, Andre Bello. damn it. <laughs> you, know, you remember from, from they say like his college he went to and his, his height and weight. Six foot three, his combine yeah. stats. State. Yeah, his combine stats. Gosh, they really did do that in that, this movie yes. so much. They just had to like... Just name every single detail they could for everything with the team. It was like they knew people were going to be dragging people to this movie. It's like so. It's like to prevent the whispers in the uh, and like the audience. Like, hey, this is this person. They just did it for you on screen. I like to to imagine. I like to imagine it's like a Caddyshack situation where Andre Bello was really the star of the movie. Yeah, (laughs) and then uh, Kevin Costner and Langella just improvised so much that they had to. Sprinkle. They're like, we got to cut him out. Uh, I did want to throw out real quickly the strength and conditioning coach. Again, unfortunately, I cannot remember the actor's name off the top of my head, but he plays uh, Piscatella in Orange is the New Black, who is like basically the big bad of like season three or four. And um, one thing I know about that dude is that he is a complete method actor that very much like Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder does not drop character until the end of filming. And I really want... You got his name? Brad William Henke. Brad William Henke. Um, So I really want to just, like, like imagine that this dude was just walking around lifting weights for, like, (laughs) two months or however long he had Just got absolutely shredded. Just because he couldn't drop character. That he was just, like, just going up to people in the street slapping asses. That's all, but... I just thought it was funny because it's such a not in. needed role. Yeah, yeah. He's not in a lot of stuff. He's in he's in Orange and the New Black. I think he's like the number three in Choke. You know, but like okay. with uh, Sam Rock. The, on IMDb, the first two things listed are Orange is the New Black and Draft Day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I should mention that this is, I think, the first one I'm doing with no notes. We're just doing this one wrong. <laughs> I had notes, but I forgot to I forgot to bring them up. Oh yeah, you pulled out your laptop I and did. everything. I don't think we need notes. We don't. I think need. we're good. Uh, yeah. 
talking I, from the soul on this so one. So it's okay. We're doing a little scattershot and all this, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, I think it's okay. We're doing a little scattershot just to just to pull something together. We should talk a little bit about Ivan Reitman. I mentioned before that this is his last movie, but in case you don't know, he is the guy who did Goosebusters. Goosebusters. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the run of Murray movies in the 80s. It's Stripes and Mebo. Uh, maybe. <laughs> let's, say, let's give it to him. He deserves it. <laughs> he, he produced you know Space he Jam. It. He produces a ton. Yeah. And he produces up in the air. The most successful dudes ever. But yeah. So, uh, Meatball Stripes, Ghostbusters, the music video for Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters, <laughs> uh, Ghostbusters 2. Kindergarten Cop Dave. Dave's good. Uh, twins, Junior, um, and then into the thousands, he keeps working and does some like rom comish. That's a good stuff. way to describe it. He keeps working. <laughs> he keeps <laughs> working, and uh, his last movie, he finishes. My super ex girlfriend, no strings attached, and then draft day. Yep, hers, and then he passed away Iconic. earlier this year. <laughs> yes, he still. I think he even has a. I mean, just because of estate stuff, he still has a producer credit on the new Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Makes um, sense. But I don't know and if his, he worked on it at all before dying, because obviously his son directs. Yeah, his son's a pro. Yeah. His son did Juno. Up in and I think year. he's an executive producer on a decent amount of... It's Jason Raymond, right? Yeah, Jason. Yeah, on a decent amount. I think he's like on, up in the air. He's listed as a producer, yeah. too. So um, so he's his name's all over the place. And he got one of the... One of the weird shout outs during the in memoriam at the Oscars this year because he just died yeah. from Bill Murray. Well, there was a bunch of people happily dancing in the background yep. about how many people are dead. <laughs> um, and they went to Bill Murray and he went, Ivan Reitman's a great man. And there's a bunch of guys like, ah, <laughs> this one died too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we know we've we've devoted a lot of podcast time to how bad the Oscars were this year. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So uh, Ivan Reitman, legend. This is the last movie. Go out on a high. Yeah, I mean it will be on TNT a lot. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure it plays a lot on cable like this time because like the actual NFL draft will be next week. Um, so I'll actually don't know for the podcast timing. But as of recording, yep. it'll, it'll be, be Thursday come out this Monday. So it's yeah. coming. So the actual NFL draft will be a few days after this episode releases. I mean, there's no other draft movies, right? I mean, in just in general, like no, be, no beer movies about drafting, no, no <laughs> drafting about like Born in Fourth of July is not really a draft movie, uh, right? Uh, just draft horse movies. Is Stripes uh, a draft movie? Is this a, is this uh, a draft second movie. draft movie? <laughs> yeah, it's weird because the um, draft diverse, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much sort of drama around sports drafts, but this is just such a literal depiction of a draft day that yeah. I don't know that you could make another one. No, that differentiates it, it, itself enough, especially with that. Like NFL's not going to sanction it, so you're going to have you would have to do it without the NFL's license, most yeah. likely. Um, and it I, wouldn't it wouldn't feel as corporate, maybe, but yeah, which would probably know. be better but i don't know like it's just funny to me like just from a quick just actual football perspective like kevin costner trades the seventh pick for the first pick for three first round first rounders which is a big like for non-football fans that is a lot of capital that's your whole future basically to trade away but it has precedent bad especially (laughs) if you're bad but it has precedent that a similar trades have happened they do mention that early on in the movie but then basically the moral of the story is no like I just want to stick with my guns and pick Chadwick Boseman's character because that's what I said at the beginning when I wrote a little note on a sticky, like on a on a yellow sticky note and put it in my pocket. Like, First off, it was green. 
<laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, because he blinks and he thinks he's going to get fired if he doesn't trade up. Yeah. So he's kind of a coward. Yeah, well, yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> but then a... he sticks with it anyway. It's like, well, that's the guy you want. Well, that's the, yeah. And that's, you're going to get fired for that because you just cost your team a lot of money to trade and a lot of future to trade up. And then like. So, and then the, the end of this movie is very entertaining, not plausible at all. It's it's almost like superhero movie. Like, it's almost <laughs> like this would never happen in real life, but it was fun to watch yeah. um, from a sports fan perspective. Uh, but he trades, he basically, he has to trade with a team and I can just see the writers in their head just being like, all right, he's got to make a really, he's got to really rip somebody off to like call this off because the whole basically plot of the movie is that he's not, he's willing to take a giant L uh, for his own stance but it's like well if he needs to be the hero at the end of this movie because if he didn't make uh, more trades the end of this movie would just be frank langella firing him yes. <laughs> and him being happy about it um but uh so he he has to trade with somebody and you could just see the writers being like oh who do we have to make this uh trade that he fleeces somebody on it's like oh of course the jacksonville jaguar <laughs> <laughs> just the worst team it's <laughs> always the butt of the joke yeah. i wonder how the gm of the jaguars felt about being depicted as like a diaper baby <laughs> <laughs> what do you think i am a jerk <laughs> That is the best line in the movie. Oh, yeah. They had a weird, like, Pampers endorsement in there. <laughs> like, they didn't say diapers. They said Pampers. Like, yep. the official diaper oh. of the NFL. <laughs> also, I think they probably got money for that, too. They it, He's... Uh, Sonny Weaver works for the Cleveland Browns because it was cheaper to film in Ohio. Yep. Um, so, I'm, so it's very possible that like... Oh, that's funny. It's not like they built any sets for this movie, so I don't know. Right. There was... Also, how <laughs> dare you say that while the jerk line is probably the third best line, how dare you um, say that pancake-eating motherfucker is not the best line? Come on, you pancake-eating motherfucker. <laughs> That was a legitimate good line. Would be the best <laughs> f bomb in a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, it honestly might be. So I, uh, so one thing that we should, you know, get back to is I think Kevin Costner is actually pretty good. In this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's doing the like Kevin um, Costner. Thing. I mean, he is like the guy for sports movies too. Yeah, this is what his yeah. fourth, I think. What what other sports movies? Yeah, he's game. He's which Tin one? Cup. Um, Boulderham. Boulderham. That's Bold. at least so. At least four. Oh, I've uh, seen none of these. Field of Dreams. They're all like that? 80s. Five. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Oh, what was one you but said? But Bull Durham and Field uh, of Dreams. For Love of the Game? Love of the Game. Yeah. The other baseball one he's in? Yeah. It's For Love of the Game, the one that ends with somebody hitting a home run and all the lights getting... That's in the natural. Na- natural. Oh, that's the natural. Robert Redford. Oh, natural. Someone hits a home run and all the lights blow out in the stadium because the home run was so cool. Oh, my God. It was. <laughs> I have seen none the of that. Yeah, baseball movies are a weird one. Bull Durham's baseball are movies very good. are actually the good sports movies. Yeah, um, Bull Durham, legit good movie. Yes, uh, I will say, like sports movies can be good. I don't think. Draft the Mighty Day, Dra- Ducks is the only good sports movie. No, watch Bull Durham. That's really good. <laughs> Old Durham has great lines. I will say also, that. Also, Moneyball's great, too. Yeah. I haven't seen Moneyball yeah. either. For, that's the, I think if we want to go into that a little bit. I, I think, know we, you I think mo- we picked like four interesting movies. Yeah, for I know. You, and I also, know Field of Dreams. Also great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for next sports month. Um, yeah. yeah the, the, the people that were watching um, these movies thinking like, all right. And like, you know, what's the next? What next um, sports movie do we have? Do we have Bull Durham? Do we have Field of Dreams? No, it's Draft Day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a movie that no one needs to see, really. Oh, well, I mean, it's fun, but it's it's a lot. It's, yeah. With with uh, Moneyball though, it's interesting because Moneyball it's probably the closest comp to like a it's a it's a sports like ownership management you know like movie. It's not 
it's not about the product on the field. It's about the office, you know, politics. And Moneyball, as you know, you stated in your episode, is is so smart and it's so well written. And uh, Draft Day is just, it's literally just a giant advertisement for the NFL draft. <laughs> yes, it is, it is product as opposed to art. Yeah. Also, really good chance that if money, can't believe I'm the most pretentious guy in the room. (laughs) Vaz wearing his scarf. He took his scarf off. It was Uh, It's It's on now. It was good. (laughs) Uh, But um, if Moneyball didn't come out and never came, uh, draft day, I'm pretty sure would not have come out. I'm pretty sure this was a direct response to Moneyball. Yeah, I think Moneyball is sort of uh, proof of concept that a sports movie can be well received if there's not that much sports in it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, there's a fantasy football TV show, so that was already taken. <laughs> <laughs> so Ellen Burstyn and uh, as Sonny's mom and brings his ex-wife yep. to what they know is the most busy day of his entire year, probably. <laughs> and they're like, we have to have a ceremony for your dad. <laughs> we have to spread the to be right day. It has to happen right now or you're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> also, you have to read this Gaelic poem <laughs> that we never get to hear. I was dying. To know what it was. Chekhov's Gaelic poem. <laughs> then, every, everyone in the Browns organization is against him, so they all go have the ceremony anyway, <laughs> kind of just to spite him. Yep. So I did have a little point to that. So like I know, <laughs> so I know Sam was saying like this is ridiculous. Like this is the most busy day. Like he's super stressed out, and I'm like, well, if you think about it from like a sympathetic side, like her husband died. Yeah, and she just wants to get past it. <laughs> like she like I know if I was in that position it's like I would do anything that like my husband like had like wanted me to do yeah. like with like his dying way so like I get it and I can get the frustrations of like a grieving woman just like I just want to do what he wanted like I just want him to rest in peace and when if your son's being like shitty about it in your eyes it's like well I'm gonna do this anyway your father wanted you to do it but like I want him to rest in peace so like Come on, she's yeah. a grieving woman. Yes. <laughs> and they're they're like giving him shit for not going to the will reading. It's like you knew I had something today. Yeah, you could uh, have. That's just a meeting with a lawyer. That didn't have to happen today. Yeah, that could have that could have been moved to another day. But the actual spreading the ashes, the father definitely wanted done on a draft day. Which that sucks on the father, but it's not the mother's fault. No. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. To be fair. If they had given him a heads up, maybe he could have gotten his head around it because it wasn't right. that much time out of his day. Yeah. And everyone he's working with is also going to the event, so it's not like they're going to be like, oh, what's Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they're all doing it anyway. Yeah, they're all doing it anyway. <laughs> I also, I will give credit to the casting director to sit there and go, all right, we have this head coach whose entire job is to be an asshole to somebody and say sweetie unironically. <laughs> Who do we get? Oh, Dennis Leary. <laughs> He was great. He was actually a very he good part exactly of this movie. What he always does. He did the and Dennis Leary thing. Exactly what he needed to do. <laughs> I do. I, I think probably the worst scene for me in the movie is when he's sitting at oh, the God. lunch table with Jennifer Garner's strong female character, and <laughs> he says something. I can't. I'm not gonna do it justice, but he says something like, "He's like, I need somebody who under. I need a quarterback who understands my playbook. You know, like Spider Two Y, like <laughs> like Flip De Do Marshmallow Banana, yeah, Marshmallow <laughs> Banana." Six five, and then she's like, "You understand?" And she says, "Don't patronize me." Of course, I understand. <laughs> you know, I know what that means. I grew up in this game too. She is. I'm football. a Cleveland girl, and I am football. 
That's God, definitely going to be the entirety of the description that I <laughs> upload to Spotify. Her character's nonsense. Our it's, podcast is a Cleveland girl and we are football. <laughs> yeah. She is a thousand percent written by a man. I don't think there was any consultations on how a woman acts. Like she is so bad. Um, I'm, I've decided my new lane. I've never in. even changed a diaper. <laughs> you think I want to be a mom? Oh, God. Kids suck. She was so We bad. all know this. I've decided my new lane in these podcasts every time I'm in, because I forgot to do with the last few movies, is to see if something passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> this does not pass the Bechdel test. She might talk to Ellen Burstyn about, about what her name is. No, yeah. it's, she corrects her on what her name is. <laughs> yeah, she calls her by the wrong name. <laughs> does it count as passing the Bechdel test if it's women sniping at each other? <laughs> Probably not, but I don't think I can give it a pass on that. I mean, there's literally three female characters in this whole movie. I'm pretty sure one is just ex-wife. Yeah, I don't think she, she, get, she don't doesn't get a name. And also, I spent the whole scene being like, "Is that the sister? Yeah, Who is exactly. it?" I, I swore it was the sister because why would the ex-wife yeah, be there? Uh, <laughs> she was close to his dad, I guess. Maybe? And she has a line, so she at least got like she has a, a line. Like, she got sex money. Got paid, yeah. <laughs> she got paid. Um, so, um, there's one of those instances in oh I can't I wish I had written it down but like a, a sag it's definitely like a union issue where there's someone who says a line to someone else and the guy just goes like oh you <laughs> pointed that out I forgot yeah, I it, it was just kind of like, like oh, shakes his head I think it was like, something oh, on the paid. phone where it was like yeah. uh, oh we get like um they're gonna think about the trade and the guy or something like that and the guy just yeah like, the guy oh, just goes like well, it, was, oh. it, was this, it was in Seattle it was when he's outside and he goes does that they have like a guy yes, yes yeah. that is they what have, it is. They have, they're basically like looking like they're trying to string up the GM outside <laughs> like a fake GM outside the window to taunt the, the Seattle GM and he points to a guy and says does that look like me <laughs> And, and the some guy dude just, drugs and does not get paid for that. Yep. Yeah, I was like, oh, that guy didn't get paid. He didn't get paid. <laughs> yeah, this this movie is. Chai McBride was there. Like, I just keep thinking done on about the how cheap many people. <laughs> <laughs> that fixes our salary cap issue. <laughs> oh, that's another. That's a good point. Does uh, that does that fuck us on the salary cap? Yeah. <laughs> I can make it work. Yeah, the most I, I must stress this: the most realistic thing about this movie is that the salary cap is just played as a joke because yeah. it is the, the, in the NFL there is a salary cap for for contracts and it is real. It does exist, but you can circumvent it so easily. So when they do something, it's like, oh, that's going to be five mil more on the cap. And they go, is that okay? And they go, we can make it work. That's true. <laughs> the salary cap's just an idea. It's yes. Not real. Uh, very little guarantees in yeah. the NFL for contracts. So. People are very often threatened to renegotiate their contract or they're just going to get cut. So it's yep. like, hey, either make. Either make four million dollars less or make zero million dollars. <laughs> so, um, one thing I do want to talk about. So he has the seventh pick. Yes, and he gives up the seventh pick, First and pick. and three first round picks. Well, so the seventh, no, the seventh pick and two more. They okay, keep saying sorry. your next three first round picks. So I believe that is the trade. It is the seventh overall pick. See, so I thought the, next the, the first offer is the seventh and the next two. But then I think when he calls back, it's the seventh and the next three. Maybe not. Because so, sure? the, yeah. So when they're talking yeah, in the right. war room, so when they're talking in the war room and they're like, what did you give up? And he very dramatically reveals each asset one by <laughs> one, which no one would ever do. Yeah. And Timothy Simon's <laughs> like, like, well, that's okay. It's yeah. a lot to give up. And he goes, hold up. Yeah. <laughs> and also next year's first pick. And then Dennis Leary's like, I can't coach a team without a future. <laughs> yeah. I hate rookie quarterbacks. They're all bad. It's like, well, this guy's apparently Peyton Manning. He's like, well, yeah. fuck him. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so he takes 
the seventh pick and the next two first round picks and three second round picks. Yeah. And he turns them into the first and and seventh, seventh pick again. Yeah. And he gets the two other first rounders back. He gets the other two first rounders back, but he loses three seconds. <laughs> so he loses three seconds to yeah. basically draft two guys that would have been available. Yes. At seven. At seven. <laughs> instead of just getting one of one, them. One, yeah. And he's substantially overpaying for one of them. Yes. And then he is immediately lauded as a hero <laughs> uh, by Cleveland media, which I ha- I don't know Cleveland sports media, but I have to assume it's very cynical. All the sports guys also uh, laud him as a hero as well. Yeah. Because yeah. he took the seventh pick and he sprinkles a little fairy to something. Oh, <laughs> so, but he ends up with the sixth pick for three second rounders. So he could yeah. have picked those guys at six and seven and given up the three second rounders. Yeah. But instead, gives up the three second rounders and gets them at one and seven. Yeah. And then and, there's that, and it messes up their it, salary cap. It messes up their salary cap real bad. Um, so yeah. So all he had to do was stay at seven and give three second rounders. Yeah. But I guess the argument is uh, he's behaving yeah. so erratically that it throws everyone off, yeah, and that's exactly. why Bo's Which still available. Also, wouldn't happen because there'd been dozens of months of, of <laughs> scouting where everyone would know how they feel about a player. So like, if he doesn't take Bo Callahan first, then like. Everyone who had so like there is some thought to like well like whoever had two could have been like well we really want the player at two and we don't need a quarterback because they do go over that concept where whoever has the fifth pick they're like oh he has an all pro quarterback they don't need him that's true that team could try to look to trade also that's a thing that's happened in the past I assume but I assume what happens then is someone in like the three to six range just says okay. Yeah. What's your best offer? Because yeah, we don't I'll, need him. Yeah, we don't need him, and we we can get the tackle or and whatever they're going to. Someone take later. absolutely would have traded up to get him. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And that's the thing. Like if two. And I guess and you say like you know what happened to you know Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Exactly. Like and sometimes they fall, but usually you assume it, it people fall because everyone found the same knocks on them, not because one guy didn't pick them. And it's like, well, Sonny Weaver knows everything, or what does Sonny Weaver not know that we don't know? He knows that Bo Callahan has no friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, oh, we do <laughs> have to talk about Bo. that. Oh so. my god, the best out of context like quote in that movie is like, why didn't your teammates go to your birthday party? <laughs> I tried, I racked my head to figure out what they meant by that. I don't know if it's like, teammates was don't he, like him. Yeah, yeah but was it like that he was an asshole so no one wanted to go? Was it that he was an asshole so he didn't invite people to go? Like, I was just like, where are they going with this? All of them are problematic. Yeah, I, I think it's that no, it just that not either way it's a bad look because right. the, because, um, this movie's written by boomers, and so <laughs> this is and like work so they is think your we care life. About birthday parties. Yeah. So all your friends are supposed to come from work, right? Also. Yeah, I you just know, work that, is your family. that line was so funny no. to me. Just uh, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't believe like no one went to his birthday party, Sonny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like that reminds me. Of music, like, the, the guy too that just spoke in riddles. It's like ask me, <laughs> ask, ask me, me about sonny. this, Sonny. That is, hey, just tell me about like. I'd like you to play your weird this. kink. <laughs> He was one of the best parts of this movie. That is a fairly bald attempt to ape an Aaron Sorkin dialogue style. <laughs> I have to say because the guy has a pattern that he repeats. Um, it was it was good when he was like. Then he calls Sam Elliott. And Sam Elliott's like, "You got a woman there? A woman don't know nothing about football." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's uh, just no. a, an oblique reference to what he said about Power of the Dog. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, you, we all got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was for me. 
we all know we all know with Sam Elliott, they're definitely like who would play a college football coach? Oh, Sam Elliott. It's like, okay, what's the nearest college to uh where Sam Elliott currently is that we can drive him there, <laughs> throw a sweatshirt on him, and have him film a scene? I don't even know if that scene was actually filmed in Wisconsin. It probably wasn't, but I damn sure know that it is the most local college to Sam Elliott's <laughs> actual location. Because that's the only thing that they could have done. Uh <laughs> I want to go back to uh, Bo Callahan. Yeah, Just go back to Bo They talked about how um, uh, the guy from Veep and the other guys uh, from yep. the Browns were like, oh, man, he has like sex with a woman like three <laughs> times a day. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's just dumb. Like, you know, yeah, just dumb, misogynistic, quote-unquote, like locker room talk. A star college football player's schedule, he doesn't have the time. <laughs> he doesn't. It would, it would take a Herculean effort. And That's, just like, they would be have to, they would have to be bringing women to the locker room yes. in, between, in between practices. Well, I guess that's his Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> like when he tired. wins a game, <laughs> they bring like a bunch of women and they dump right on him. That's the, on, that's the only logical way that that guy's like, <laughs> I may be a middle-aged man, but this is what I think. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they cut to the sidelines instead of like oxygen. It's just some like, Oh my God. Girl. They have two blue tents on the sideline. <laughs> he has the motorboat away. <laughs> That's how he gets back in. I'm good guy. You got to You got to keep all this in. <laughs> yeah, I guess we do. If it was just us, but Bree's laughing too, so I think it's I think it's okay. We can keep it in. Yeah, uh, no, it's I don't want to just be those three guys eating pizza. Eating <laughs> oh. pizza. I do. I also to 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 quickly go back to. Um, He's dying out there. Get him in the tent. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck tent from Black Sails? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, the Bo Callahan's agent, played by P. Diddy, of course. <laughs> I think it's just Diddy now. Is it just Diddy? Sorry, apologies to Diddy? Mr. Diddy. I, I think changed he changed it. it back to Puff Daddy. That's what I said. That's what I thought. We were talking yeah, about this. Yeah, you said I that. I have no idea. Or is he back to Puffy now? Yeah, he's back to Sean Puffy. Yeah, I think he went back to Puffy. Yeah, he is. He had a weird phase. He's been going through a lot. Give him some slack. Um... The number, like Sean, yeah. our, <laughs> my friend Sean, yeah, my friend Sean. They're they're at the draft, and like, um, I actually think I think um, Puffy does a good job in this movie of being a, like a agent who's trying to be reasonable and calm. Like, I did like yeah. the sign. I, I did like the part of his character where like Bo's on the phone with Kevin Costner, and he's got the notepad. And he's like, tell him about yeah. his dad, you know, like because like that's the shit that agents should be doing. Yeah, unlike Von Day Max agent that's like, I hope you get picked at fifteen, <laughs> and then he's just chanting Von Day Max. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, like so they have the scene where um they're like they're at the table at the draft. This dude is about to get drafted. Like first overall, guaranteed first overall pick, something that the actual NFL draft has seen many times. Like a uh, no doubter quarterback. We yeah. just had one last year with Trevor Lawrence. No one even speculated. Yes. Other fir- like first rounders going anywhere else out of the dra- like. If you saw a mock draft that had Trevor Lawrence not going one, it was probably prefaced with this is just kind of a hinky draft. Like just what happens if a Bohat Callahan situation <laughs> happens? Um, but like. You got P. Diddy that gets the call and he's like, hey, it's the Browns. Let's go. You know, like, and they hit the Browns. And Kevin Costner just says, why didn't anyone go to your birthday party? <laughs> and he was like, I don't remember it. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's okay. I didn't either. Bye. And then, like, uh, P. Diddy's like, oh, 
like, what was that? And Bo Callahan's like, nothing. nothing. Like, Just what? more examples <laughs> of lying. What was concerning to you at all on a professional level? That the only question the Browns GM had for you in the most pivotal moment of your life, you didn't have an answer for? And he clearly seems concerned about? And you were just like, Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, no, that guy I don't want to talk about. He felt like a pathological liar. Like he just, it just yes. seemed like everything had to be well, a lie. He lied about the one hundred dollar bill at the back yeah. of the playbook. Yeah, yeah, that's what ask, I was thinking. Ask like... me who mailed it back. <laughs> <laughs> it was Brian Drew. Oh, Brian Drew. I thought it was, in the scene, I thought it was Brian Mack. It was Brian Vontae Drew. That's what I thought yeah. too. I was gonna say Vontae Mack. Yeah. <laughs> we should we should talk about Vontae Mack no matter what, which might be the best reveal in uh, sports movie history. I do want to say. <laughs> So uh, if if my interpretation is correct, in the beginning of the movie, uh, Jennifer Gardner tells Kevin Costner that he that she's pregnant, right? Yes. Yeah. So the first thing he does is write Fonte back, no matter <laughs> yeah. what. <laughs> yep. <laughs> On a piece of paper, put it in his pocket. Well, that was a part of the reason she was pissed because like he didn't react well, and then she no, read and the then note like, about early the on. Yeah. Yeah. And she read can... that note early. Yeah. And put it back on his in his shit. Yeah. But, oh my God. Just like, oh, he's already thinking of names. <laughs> yeah. I did suss out that he was going to pick Vontae Mack pretty Vontae early. Mac. Yeah. He could have also, Vontae by Mac the time Weaver. he If decided... it's a boy, we'll name him Vontae. Mac. By the time <laughs> it's a girl, we'll yeah. name him Mac. Yeah. <laughs> in real life, if real in real life, if uh, if you know that there's a trade or, or you know you're gonna take Vontae Mac one, you trade down. <laughs> like, he's <laughs> just like, ah, I screwed up, trade it up. I'm trading Mac down. <laughs> like, ugh. And you trade down to like 10 <laughs> or something. Yeah. Get an extra third or something, yep. you know. I assume no one would call you asking about one after you traded for one, but you never know. Um, well, they call they call him about Brian Drew, which they do, which makes, makes sense. sense. Um, Poor Kansas City, I don't think he ever calls him back. No, he doesn't. Home of the Chiefs, <laughs> they always told they you need- it would be Kansas City, home of the Chiefs. <laughs> oh God, that is the weird phrasing they use. Yeah, yeah. Um, man. All just the, weirdly formal in a way that it didn't need to be. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of the team also funny for the time, a lot of the teams that they basically said were bad, like the Seahawks of the number one put pick, yep. assumedly meaning that they, they bad. were bad the year before they won the Super Bowl the year before in real life. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when they started writing and filming this movie, that probably hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, the Chiefs haven't ta- hadn't taken off yet but they do take off right after that uh the browns certainly don't get better right after that movie they actually <laughs> go through a very rough period around the time that that movie comes out but yep. safe to assume that they would have a top pick though so that wasn't bad oh and i messed up before when i said all he got for his three second round picks was paying more for one and staying at seven he also gets a punt returner <laughs> david <Yep>. goddamn putney <laughs> Just because he feels like it. Again, is that a real person? You pancake-eating motherfucker. (laughs) Is that a real person or is that just some name they made up? None of the players are real besides Uh, Ray Lewis. And then, like, the fucking... I mean, maybe he's, like, Devin Hester level, but the, you know, different guys, Rich Eisen and shit at the end, and everyone, like, they got three impact players. I I said this (laughs) to Bree. I was like... You getting a punt returner? That guy could get cut tomorrow, and no one would probably care. Yeah, they were so they were so like this guy, like this is so important, like this is such a big decision. And then you were just like, that's not a thing. That's not a big deal. It's a nice <laughs> thing mean, to throw in, I guess, if yeah. you don't have a yeah, good punt guess, returner. Yeah. Now, like nowadays, there's a couple. Like I know Farrow Cooper is really good, but it's like the you can find those in the draft. Like every yeah. college team has a sure, punt returner. Yes. 
every you'll see them you want your punt return to do other stuff well you don't there's very yeah. few people that solely return kicks it's mostly like your third or fourth wide receiver that special thing is that they're really fast like you have a well, deep third know, wide they, receiver they always they already have a star wide receiver and they do, Andre yeah, Bellows, so. Bellows. <laughs> um but yeah so i mean that was kind of weird i think they could have saved it a little bit if they because they had that weird montage draft day party at the end where frank langella is like we had a great day <laughs> they have Arian Foster's character Ray something I can't remember the running back guy uh and um and uh Vontae Mack come on stage and they all just stand there triumphantly it really would have been great if they just got somebody who just very like very largely had like David Putney written on his shirt <laughs> David goddamn Putney, Putney. <laughs> star wide receiver Andre Bellows right yeah. next to him. also I don't know and uh, just like a tiny white guy yeah <laughs> They just got Danny Woodhead to do it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know the full extent of drafts, but they pick more players, that right? Also, <laughs> that, like, I also said that. Uh, seven technically, <laughs> technically, night one is just round one now. I don't know if it was yeah. in 2014. I don't remember that either. Because I know that was a change, That was a right? change. They used to do one, two, and... Th- I think they used to do one, two, and three mm-hmm. all the first day. And now then, they do one, then two, three, and then the weekend's the rest, right? Yeah, is Thursday is one. Yeah, Friday is two, three. And then they like very so like the, I think the clock for the first round is like ten minutes, mm-hmm. and then I think for the second and third round it like gets shortened to like five, and then the last I four like I think two. it's like two. Yeah, yeah, it's and like the 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 last um, rounds like they showed at like noon on like a Saturday, right, and they yeah. talk over the picks like the like the picks yeah, come they, in they on, come the ticker, on the ticker, yeah, and uh, so yeah, so like it's not crazy, but it is weird. Yeah. Like it's weird. They definitely have yeah. more work to do. <laughs> yeah. There's more work to do. There's third round. To, like the fact that Dennis Leary is like, I'm going to leave this team because it doesn't have a future. It's like, well, one, like they're trying, like it's clear that they're trying to win this year with like Brian drew and they're just trying to get some big top tier draft picks. And then you still have the third through seventh rounds to fill in your gaps. Like it's not going to be slam dunks, but like you got, chances. Yeah, it's still, you got free still agency. Like, yeah, yeah. And you can you're losing it. all those first round picks. You're gonna have some cap room. Yeah, and then this year uh, the Rams won the title, and they famously trade away all their picks all the time. Yep. So like, it doesn't even matter. Yep. Um. Uh. Yeah. What was it? Oh yes. Uh, so they just lie a bunch in this movie. <laughs> um, one thing I do want to, in case someone's yelling at like, oh, I can't believe they don't talk about all the lying. They lie all the time yeah. in this movie. They say. Uh, football was invented in Canton. That's not true. Yep. Uh, the NFL was founded in Canton, but and and you can understand why in this movie they don't see a difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the NFL did not invent football. No, football just came out of rugby. Um, but the NFL was founded technically in Canton, so that's. But they lie about that, yep. and um, just all kinds of shit. There's not even a draft day. I heard. There's not even a draft <laughs> day. No one watches it on TV. <laughs> Roger Goodell is a figment of our collective imagination. There's no practice field called the Sunny Weaver uh, <laughs> practice That's field. That's true. That is true. They do lie about that. Um, but yeah, anyway, I uh, that's just one example of of many just as like I said I didn't do notes for this one but as you're watching the movie you're like that doesn't sound right and it's not probably <laughs> you're probably correct uh I did want to say I know we were brought up like famous lines or you know famous lines our yes. favorite yeah. lines famous lines. Uh, <laughs> AFI's 100 years 100 yeah. quotes this one should be like in the top 10 yeah. uh so this was <laughs> 
this was just an off-cut one that caught me by surprise. Um, and I'm pretty sure no one noticed it. It was from Rich Eisen. Um, so this is when, like, uh, Sonny just put in her, his first pick for Vontae Mack. And he's just, t- like, giving commentary what's going on on draft day. And he says, and the pick is in. It's currently being brandished by some walkie-talked individual. <laughs> Which... Uh-oh. I'd also mentioned that for actual draft day, no one ever people might say the pick is in. That is a that is a term that is thrown around for draft day. No one ever talks about the actual pick being like walked up. Yeah, no color like, commentary. The talking heads are paying way more attention to what's happening where they'd mostly usually yeah. just be talking about Also like, they they try and drum up actual drama that, ooh, what if they don't make the pick in yeah. time? And they say like that happened a year ago or whatever. Yeah, like, I don't and, remember. And then in real, <laughs> yeah, and then in real, that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> in, in real drafts, uh, also like owner, like you see it with uh, the um, with uh, was it Ray Taylor? Is that the running back? I forget. Arian Foster's character, yeah. Terry Crews' son. Um, he says it. He's like, hey, like Dennis Leary, go call. Yeah, Maybe Ray they Jennings. Are Gen- they I are the Jennings. Ray Jennings. Yeah, yeah, Ray Jennings. Uh, he's like, hey, go call Ray Jennings and tell him like he's going to be a Brown. That is a thing that really happens. A coach or general manager or somebody like that will call the player before the pick is announced, kind of just to like congratulate them, give them a heads up. The player has no has no control in the situation yeah. where they get drafted, so it's not like to call them and be like, hey, I guess you got to hoof it over to you know Cleveland. Sorry, bud. Like you're <laughs> like sorry if you're from like Miami and now you're living in Cleveland for five years, um, but. It's like it's you know it's supposed to be a nice congratulatory thing. So usually in the NFL draft coverage, it is the pick is spoiled because you'll just see a dude on a phone smiling, nodding, smiling, nodding, <laughs> and that's not happening. In this <laughs> like there's just yeah. the first pick will probably know ahead of time because yeah. no one's gonna steal it from them, so that doesn't get called. Everyone else gets called. <laughs> and in that specific situation, when when uh, Ray Jennings maybe gets picked, yeah. Um, they do. His whole table stands up and starts cheering yeah. and stuff before they announce it. So, which is like that is a thing yeah. that happens. That is a thing that happens. Famously, in the NBA drafts, um, Adrian Wojnarowski had to start using weird euphemisms because he was told by the NBA to stop tipping picks. Yep. And so he'll say stuff like, "The Nets are zeroing in on this guy," like yeah. a full three minutes before their pick is in. Yeah. Or. <laughs> The Rockets are enthusiastic about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, he'll just say, you know. Uh, Chris Berman used to do that a lot yep. to a point where Chris Berman used to say, like, especially with the way people are talking up. So, like, John Gruden might have been sitting there for the whole time being like, this is a no-doubt cornerback pick. Like, he, you know, like, they need to lock down on the side. They, this guy's got the wingspan. It's all done. And then Chris Berman would be like, um, you know, like, oh, and, like, certainly could be thinking corner. Or maybe wide receiver. Let's go to Goodell. Let's and it's like it's wide receiver. This guy out of here. You know, like stuff like that would happen. It was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, the NFL the NFL draft is much more. It's it, I'm sure the draft rooms are much more chaotic even than they're showing. But the trades that are happening are bananas. I guess is really the moral of the story. None of the yeah. the most the only trade that would have happened was the first one. And if that trade was made, they that was locked in. They were never going to do anything. There would have been scouting. They would have made that. He wouldn't have made that trade on the side of the road when he pulled over. <laughs> like, he would have made that trade in a war room full of people going, are we sure about this? Okay, fine. Put him back on speaker. Let's call it in. And then everyone would have high-fived for eight hours while they waited to pick Bull Kelly. <laughs> yep. 
that's that's the long and short of it, really. Great. We we did not watch everyone else at draft day on uh, during draft day, so we don't know if anyone took the playbook and like burnt it on fire. Or like, oh, that's our only copy. The hundred dollar bill in the back. Of it. God. Um. They uh. They also. I do like the part where. Uh, and this is true, where Kevin Costner is like, oh, someone's always a goat tomorrow. You don't want it to be you. Mm-hmm. To the Jaguars guy, who he promptly made the goat of tomorrow, because <laughs> the Jaguars traded their top 10 pick for three future second rounders and nothing else, which is a horrible trade. <laughs> yeah. Because he probably should have gotten first. <laughs> Especially when, you know, Bo Carroll yeah. was still on the board. Kevin Costner traded three first round or two f- additional first round picks to move up six picks. The Jaguars traded out of the first round. <laughs> they don't have a first rounder anymore. Yeah, they, they don't even three move seconds yeah. that'll probably be in the middle or the end of the draft. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> thank um, you for saving me. On- <laughs> <laughs> and we're d- and we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on draft day? I like that there was a ticking clock reminding us all of our mortality, <laughs> which I think was the main theme of this film. Yeah, it was on we in late stage capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for the for the remake, the French film remake. <laughs> now that I'll see. <laughs> Did you just admit you didn't see Draft Day? <laughs> I saw Draft Day. I, I know too much about Draft Day. <laughs> Not I've seen it. Uh yeah, Kevin Costner pretty good. Everyone else pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, Chadwick Boseman's good. Yeah, actually, yeah, Chadwick Boseman's yeah, good. It's just really off-putting that they're making him do that voice. Yeah, yeah no, that yeah. was bad, and I'm just sad that he had to do that movie. <laughs> Is he doing like a Maryland accent or something? Um, it's it's strange. I literally can't tell. I didn't hear him say what's the there's a there's a classic Maryland accent like Harvard Yard like I think it's Aaron earned an iron urn, and it's just they just say like. Earn, 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 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a funny YouTube clip. If you want to look up uh, Maryland accent, Aaron earned and Iron earned. It's a good. It's a good little. I will do that. <laughs> I love accents. But yeah, it is. It's yeah, either right it's it's either Maryland. He's from. He's Ohio State is his school, which doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Um. It could yeah, be I don't Maryland. Know. Um. But yeah, he is doing an accent that is certainly not his voice, and everyone else is doing their voice. <laughs> Including Frank Langella, who actually sounds like that. I'm sorry, disgraced actor Frank Langella. Thank Langello. you. Yes. Uh, disgraced actor Frank Langella, I guess he's fine. It's not his fault his character is doing terrible things, but he didn't have to do terrible things in, in, in real, real life. life yeah. Uh, you know, there's been recent reports about him on the set of Frank and Robot, where the robot is, did not like working with him. <laughs> well, that's a whole thing with Bill Murray right now. On like He yeah, got like a whole movie shut down for inappropriate behavior. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, he treated Lucy Liu like shit, too. Yeah, on yeah. Yeah. Bill Murray's always kind of been, been, yeah, shitty for a it while. It was always weird to me that that was kind of just like, well, that was weird. Let's, let's yeah, not have any consequences for that. Wes Anderson saw that and was like, ooh, yikes. All right, uh, let's get him away from Lucy Liu and have him continue acting forever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. We should probably just finish the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, draft sure. day. I'm So I'm curious what you guys would rate draft day out of uh, one through ten picks. Well, my review is on. I guess letterbox. one would be the best in that case. <laughs> What's your letterbox uh, review? Out of I five. mean, that's out of five. <laughs> out of five, what what round would you give this? Two point five. Higher is better. <laughs> Wait, higher oh, is better, so five uh, is the best. Yeah, okay. basically uh, out of five stars, but I'm making it. How many it, rounds are there? <laughs> there's for this rating, there are five rounds, and five is the best. <laughs> uh, I would pick it in the th- the fourth round. 
You give it a four out of five? I'll pick it. Oh, wait, no. I thought, <laughs> yeah, I, thought I was going to pick it in the fourth round of the draft, not the first round. The first round's a good one, right? No, the first round's the worst for this oh, rating then I'm system. Do for the this second rating. round draft pick. Draft so you give it two out of five rounds? <laughs> yes, two out of five rounds. <laughs> 12 rounds is obviously the highest rating. I'd, I'd probably pick it halfway through the. Halfway through the third round, which would make it two and a half. It's literally the same no matter what. You pick well, because I was going to say the second and a half, but if that sounds like halfway through the second, then oh, I'm saying one point five. So okay, I want to revise mine. Two point five. If I had, if I was able to uh, get my way to get a second second round draft pick, <laughs> then I would. <laughs> then that would be this movie. Wait. <laughs> So, so it's a two out of five. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'd go two and a half out of five rounds. Uh, so, uh, so halfway through the third round, it's two and a half rounds. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had this, I had this movie as a second round pick, but it's okay because I traded my three future <laughs> second round picks to make it a third, a third. So I'll give it a, I'll give it a third. This is round why we pick. haven't got any good sports movies in a while. <laughs> So you're giving it a three out of five rounds. Yes. Okay. Three out of five rounds. How do you think? Uh, I'll probably I'll probably do two. Like it was okay. <laughs> I like I said earlier. Like I I can't say that I hated it because I just felt like it was a little too deep of a cut. Like I just didn't understand a lot of the references. And maybe if I had a football like background, I might have at least found it like more entertaining for how dumb it is. But even for the things I didn't understand and like the dumb bits and stuff, like, it was still pretty entertaining. Like I wasn't falling asleep the entire time. Like I originally thought I was going to. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'll give it a two. So two scenes of Jennifer Garner doing an emotional labor for an <laughs> adult man out of five. Just 20 years younger. Like, <laughs> that was never Here's really that Here's how to be address. an adult. <laughs> He's like, I've just got no feelings except sometimes I do when I am football. <laughs> <laughs> two I am footballs out of ten. Yeah, two, <laughs> two I am footballs out of ten. All right, so yeah, in in summation, we're just a Cleveland girl and we are football. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Instagram at late to the movies underscore podcasts. Follow us there. We put up fun pictures once a week. Um, They're like poster parodies. I shouldn't just say fun pictures. That sounds weird. No, that sounds fun, though. (laughs) It does sound fun, though. Um, Posters of the movie that we did parodies, not just like of posters. Oh, what is what's not like parody of the time? idea of posters? <laughs> is it so it can hold a football or you can hold something else? It's gonna be your head. It'll be a f- oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Why, Kevin? Well, we're locking it in. I guess. Um, I was probably not gonna do that, but now I will. Um, I think our last one for Mighty Ducks is probably the best one we've done so far. <laughs> oh, that one was really good. Yep, that one was really funny. Uh, you can also send us emails if you want at Gmail. Late to the movies at gmail.com. And in both cases, two is the number, not two spelled out. So, yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, please rate and review us. I always feel gross saying that, but this movie's all product, so why not me? Um, <laughs> you can do that now on Spotify. You can do rates, ratings. Ratings is the word I was looking for. And obviously on uh, Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review us. Um, we still only have a handful of reviews, so if you review it, you have a lot of power. It's a big percentage of our overall score. <laughs> and uh, aside from that, you can go on the Tee Public, buy 50 to 30 shirts. Um, one of them has Greg's face on it. He's smiling. It's very funny. 
What else? What else? That's pretty much it. Um, touchdown. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Offsides. Woo. We did it. Encroachment. <laughs> star wide receiver, Andre. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Thanks. Hell yeah. You pancake eating motherfucker. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Very good closer. <laughs>